Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the fifth of November. Yes, we're in November already. I feel like it was only January last year. I'm. <laughs> Well, it was January last year. It's also January this year, and I think we pretty much have a January every every year. What I'm trying to say is, I feel like the year has escaped me. I am Giselle Hannah. I am taking you through to nine thirty this morning, and you are listening to Asia Pacific Currents. Coming up on today's program,、uh, Pierre conducted an interview with Guru Rianto. He's from the Media and Campaign Department of the Indonesian Confederation of the United Workers. He spoke to them about a strike that just kicked off、um, in a, a, a amongst petrol tank. Tanker drivers, so they've got a strike in Jakarta. As of last night, that strike was still continuing. That is coming up in the second part of the program.、Uh, However,、uh, I do want to quickly give you some details about Australia Asia Worker Links. We're the ones that bring you this show. You can get in touch with us on the web, all the w's dot a a w l dot org dot a u. We're on Facebook and Twitter. You can also ring us on nine double six three seven two double seven, and you can email us at a a w l at a a w l dot org dot a u. I am going to get to news from around the region in just a minute, but of course there are two very significant actions on today,、uh, and if you can get to both of them or one of them, it would make a massive difference to、uh, the state of the movement at the moment. So the first one, of course, is the fascists are once again descending on. The streets of Melbourne. They're actually in Eltham this morning at the aged care facility,、uh, protesting the uh, proposed um, use of 120 of those unused beds、um, for Syrian refugees that have been approved for entry to Australia. So、um, the True Blue crew, crew, the soldiers of Odin, the United Patriots Front, etc. Are organising a protest to apply pressure to that aged care facility that's run by Saint Vincent Care to、uh, to prevent those Syrian refugees coming in. So there's a demonstration kicking off、uh, on our side, on the left side,、uh, starting at the War Memorial in Eltham. Look it up online. Ten o'clock、um, is when that ac- action is starting. There's also a refugee action collective. Uh, bring them home rally in, or、uh, we'll、bring them here rally in the in Melbourne CBD. That starts at one o'clock at the State Library. So both of them are、um, demonstrations against racism, in favour of refugees and opposing the horrendous treatment of effectively innocent people in detention. So get along to those events today. I'll announce the details again at the end of the show. But time now for news from around the region.
We're going to start in Pakistan in the shipbreaking yards. In the terrible inferno that followed the explosion inside a beached oil tanker, at least 21 workers at the Ghadani ship, shipbreaking yards in Pakistan were killed. Another 60 were injured, some with extensive burns, while up to another 50 workers are unaccounted for. The shipbreaking yards of South Asia have become a graveyard for workers. In these workplaces, employers and governments enforce brutal anti-union policies. Wages are barely above starvation levels with abysmal health and safety conditions. Nevertheless, workers continue to fight. The shipbreaking industry is a perfect example of a global industry engaging in a vicious race to the bottom. Where costs are cut to the bone, profits are maximised and workers' lives are deemed expendable. Moving now to Turkey. The Turkish government offensive against workers is continuing under the guise of eradicating coup plotters. While the attempted coup in July was in July, tens of thousands of workers have been suspended or sacked from their jobs. Late last month, another 10,000 workers, mostly academics, teachers, health workers, were dismissed for being sympathisers of opposition groups. And all of these workers that are being sacked are actually public servants. So the um, the government has gone, or um, Ratchip's group have gone after public servants for supposedly supporting and defending the coup. Um, uh, in addition, another 15 media outlets were forcibly closed and more journalists arrested. Turkey uh, has now more journalists in jail than any other country. And of course, previously that title was held by uh, no other than Iran, who uh, a country that goes after political dissent in a very fierce and vehement way. The Global Day of Action Against Trade Union Repression is coming up on the 16th of November. So I want to remind you of the politics of this particular event. Um, You'll recall that I interviewed Pierre about this last week. Of course, the date commemorates the massacre at Hacienda Luisita. That is a sugar plantation in uh, in the Philippines um, where the workers went on strike. They picketed and... uh, the government sent in the um, the army and open fight on that picket line. Fourteen people were killed. Quite a number of them were were children. So that's the the global day of um, action which is coming up. The power of workers at their workplace comes from their ability to organise independently, to discuss issues and take action to achieve better conditions and wages. All around the world, companies try to harass, divide, and suppress any genuine workers' organisations. Governments, for their part, provide the legal framework and police powers to stop workers organising. This is why many of us are raped, beaten, arrested or murdered. And when we talk about rape, it's not it's, it's not hyperbole. It's not that this never happens. One of the things that consistently um, women in the garment industry in Indonesia and in Bangladesh and probably in other places where I haven't directly spoken to the workers absolutely describe rape as a tool to repress them and to prevent them from organizing the indonesian um uh, one of the indonesian garment industry unions has is about to complete that documentary i think we've spoken with dian trisnanti on this show a number of times and she tells me that the documentary is almost finished which is basically a video document of the women who are um 
repeatedly and systematically um, sexually harassed, threatened with rape, even raped for um, their desire to, t- to take industrial action. So join with your fellow sisters and brothers on the Global Day of Action, which, as I said, is the 16th of November, to call for an end to oppression against unionists. In Melbourne, we're meeting at the eight-hour monument at 5.30. We'll put uh, details of the event up on our Facebook page, so check it out and get along to that. And moving now to Australia, a group of workers at the Caltex Lubricants Facility in Lytton, Queensland, went on an indefinite strike against a proposed 15% wage cut. Caltex is one of the major global energy companies in the world. After 10 days of strike, the workers won a deal that will see a reduction in hours worked, annual wage increases and increased penalty rates. In an unrelated matter... Caltex has become the latest big company in Australia that's been caught systematically underpaying migrant workers through its franchise outlets. Short-term work visas are a huge problem as they hinder workers' ability to organise and take action against such exploitation. In Korea, the strike by thousands of public railway and subway workers in South Korea has now been underway for close to six weeks with no sign of an end in sight. The original issues around precarious work and performance pay are still unresolved. While workers are still strong, negotiations with management are complicated by the unprecedented political crisis that has Um, hit the administration of President Park Yun-hee. The ministerial reshuffle of this week shows that the government intends to ride out its problems and not change its anti-worker agenda. Of course, we've said before, and I'll say again, the Korean trade unions are in the fight of their life. They're one of the biggest, I would call them the biggest and most militant labour movement in Asia, one of the strongest um, uh, labour movements in Asia. So if, if they take them out... There, there will be ripple-on effects for the rest of the region and we really can't afford to have them taken out, so we've got to stand with them. And now in China, Chinese coal miners are a recognised danger zone for many workers due to the number of accidents that occur every year. Unfortunately, coal mines are also a huge comp- contributor to pneumoconiosis or what we call black lung disease. It's a condition that occurs from inhaling excessive fine dust and pollutants such as coal dust. In China, the presence of poor health and safety in many farm areas, as well as widespread pollution in cities, means that there are millions of Chinese who suffer from black lung disease. Labour activists who work towards improving health and safety and better compensation are often targeted by government authorities, We've got some updates on the activists that are um, currently being targeted for trying to fight for better health and safety in the Chinese coal mines. We'll attach that to a link on our um, on our website, which we'll also post to Facebook. So check that out if you want more details. And our final story is um, a bit of a, a introduction to our feature interview for this morning. So as I said at the start of the program earlier this week, over a thousand petrol tanker drivers employed by the state-owned PT Pertamina, and this is in Indonesia, 
they um, those workers went on strike um, and pretty much uh, marched through the greater metropolitan region of Jakarta. They're demanding to be hired as permanent employees and not as contractors. Uh, they're demanding an end to unpaid overtime and an eight-hour limit to the workday. Unfortunately, the government has mobilised the army to coordinate and protect scab drivers in order to break the strike. Nevertheless, the Indonesian workers are holding firm and they've received international support. That is the news from around the region. I'm going to go to some community announcements and then I'll bring you that feature story. Freedom and safety are two of the most important values shared by our community. As the largest independent human rights organisation for refugees and people seeking asylum in Australia, the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre delivers more services on the ground and more free hours of support to where it's needed most. A donation of $20 to the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre provides two weeks of food for a family over the holiday season. Please donate now at asrc.org.au or call 1300-DONATE. The Asylum Seeker Resource Centre is a proud 3CR supporter. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org. .au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. It is 16 minutes past 9 o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. Earlier in the week, Pierre Morrow interviewed Guru Rianto from the Media and Campaign Department of the Indonesian Confederation of United Workers. He spoke, they spoke, um, just as the strike was beginning. So that's earlier in the week. As of today, as of last night rather, that strike still continues. Can you tell us why the petrol tankers workers are going on strike in um, Indonesia? What are the issues? So, first, they were not paid for working overtime, while in according to Indonesian law, the normal working hour is 40 hours for a week. It means seven or eight hours for a day. But they have to work for more than... 11 or 12 hours for a day and they were not paid for the overwork that's the first and that has been happening since 2007 
that's first. And second, they were outsourced. According to Indonesian worker law, the corporate action of driving the truck must not be outsourced. Because the consequence of being outsourced, they are still under the contract system. They, they are not permanent workers of the company, and therefore they can be fired in any time, and they are more fragile, and they want more stable. They want to avoid the flexible labor market by insisting the company to comply with Indonesian labor law. And then they wanted the company to pay their overwork for, according to Indonesian law, they can sue the overwork paid since 2011. It means the uh, around 160 billion rupiah. That they they want companies to pay for that. Certainly that issue of outsourcing is a major problem in lots of countries and we have just seen a major strike by truck drivers in South Korea exactly for the same reasons that you are talking about outsourcing and, and working way too many hours which I would assume in your case as well, if the drivers work such long hours, it becomes very dangerous. Yes, because in the last one year, four drivers have died because of overworked. Two of them were died burned. That is terrible. That's right. That's right. Within Indonesia... Is there a lot of support for the truck drivers and their effort to become permanent workers? The support mainly comes from fellow trade union. The Confederation works together in many cases with KSPI, Confederation of Indonesian Trade Union, and then several other federations. We get from Australia Federation Australia Maritime Worker. And then uh, basically the support mostly from fellow trade unions still. But we try to broaden the support by campaigning about working safety because the long working hour will, will sacrifice their life. How many truck drivers are now involved in this uh, dispute? I've read that about a thousand workers have gone on strike. Yes, the number is around 1,000. That's according to our data because the union is new. It's new. We made a cooperation before, like credit union to consolidate and after the workers were consolidated we changed we shifted the micro lending system to trade union and then we stood to fight for our rights and we start to detail the data and according to the membership data it's around 1000 from around 
from thousand drivers and and then uh, it accounts for around seventy percent from all drivers and helpers seventy to eighty percent these drivers that have gone on strike are members of the Pertamina company, which is associated with the state. So is the strike all over Indonesia or just some major areas of Indonesia? The strike is just still in Jakarta. But Jakarta station supplied fuel to Jakarta metropolitan city. So it covers Jakarta and its satellite cities. So this is the heart and the core of the mostly the most the busiest distribution line. We know that Jakarta is a huge industrial hub in Indonesia. If we can win this battle, then we can win the war easier to fight and to to defend the rights of workers nationally in many other stations in Java because one there was such strike in East Java but defeated because it's not as strategic as now in Jakarta. So you're going for a important focus and if you win here it'll be much easier to win in other places. Yes, that's what we take it seriously. What has been the response from the company and the government to this strike? The police has uh, tried to facilitate negotiations and today is the third time we negotiate after we announced the striking, striking plane and the first and the second negotiation failed because the company the company didn't want to change their position to comply with Indonesian working law and then now is the third negotiation is being held now in Jakarta so we hope this the today negotiation could solve the pro- can solve the problem and we will not compromise for the, our demands because that's just the minimum demands according to Indonesian labor law. We are certainly very much in support of you. So in terms of the future, do you think this is going to be a short strike or a long strike? And are you hopeful that the workers will remain united and committed? The first day is very very amazing and it even amazes many of us that beyond our expectation it's more than they are solid and they were they are united and it can be medium long it may take for weeks because the company try to the company is trying to replace the workers they invite drivers from other provinces to come to replace the current workers but just from today they, they there are two accidents because the workers replacing the striking workers just 
cannot understand the road of Jakarta. They they are not used to with Jakarta road. So we have the power here because the drivers are nearly irreplaceable because it will take a long time to to have such drivers for around 1,000. So we predict the gasoline station will run out their stock in two or three days and that will be the decisive moment of the strike. We will look forward to hearing what happens and we wish you all the best because your struggle against contracting out, casualization, insecure work and the fact that uh, length of the day gets longer and, and not paid are important issues that affect workers all around the world. So we wish you all the very best. Thank you. Hi, this is Mitchell from Cut Copy, and you're listening to 3CR. Please support Community Radio. Subscribe now. Well, that does bring us to the end of the program. Just to remind you, that was Pierre Morrow speaking with Guru Rianto from the Media and Campaign Department of the Indonesian Confederation of United Workers. That is a union. It stands for KPBI, one of the left-wing progressive unions. That is the end of Asia-Pacific Currents for today. I do want to remind you about those two actions um, that you, if you can, should get along to at least one of them um, because the the fight, the anti-racism fight, the pro-refugee fight is um, a critical defining one of our times. Um, this, this is going to be a, a time in history that is remarked upon forevermore, especially um, Australia's torture um, of people from the Middle East and from um, South Asia in its detention facilities. So um, the Eltham, Defend Eltham rally is today at 10 o'clock, so in about half an hour's time, meeting at the War Memorial. Look that up. I don't have the address with me, but I think it is on Main Street in Eltham. Uh, and that one is in response to the fascists who are organising against a nursing, an aged care facility run by Vincent Care, Saint Vincent Care, um, and they're proposing to bring 120 refugees, Syrian refugees, to be housed in that facility. And that's what the far right are opposing. And we need to defend um, the workers there, the facility, and to say for fuck's sake, it's okay to bring Syrian refugees to Australia. The second demonstration is a refugee action collective rally or a refugee rally in Melbourne's CBD. And this one is a bring them here, close Manus, close Nauru um, rally that is kicking off at the State Library at one o'clock. So get along to that as well. Thanks for tuning in to Asia Pacific Currents. We'll be back next Saturday from 9 o'clock with more news and current affairs from the Asia Pacific region. But coming up next is Palestine Remembered. Let me just check that it it is. Yes, yes it is. It is Palestine Remembered. That's coming up next. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.